Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. This is Kevin calling from La Cacenta, California, kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing primary residence in a state with no state income tax. And provides unbiased answers. Good question, though, a good thought process, and always good to look forward. I think there's only what seven or nine states that have no income tax. Invest Talk, over 42 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99 Chart. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is InvestTalk, independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this podcast. And I enjoy hearing your, your financial and investment questions, so I'm really waiting, wanting to take them. And you'll probably hear my voice is a little bit scratchy. Well, um, I have been ill for several days over the week, and and then I'm still still just trying to hang on. So it's the result is a scratchy little um, rough voice. So I apologize for that. Now you may have noticed that I that you know here on Invest Talk we talk about trying to grow your portfolio. That's what we do. So we go we we go forward every day reminding you I have no hidden agendas I'm not trying to push anything on you in fact you you drive the show where it goes you it's your questions to tell 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 us what we're going to talk about not me I mean I have issues I have things that I want to discuss but you come first your calls come first so it's my goal to help you understand the environment that we're in and it changes and it has changed dramatically from quantitative easing period of years to now quantitative tightening. And that will dramatically tra- affect the market. And we've seen how it's affecting the market. And it's going to continue to do so. Okay? So the investment environment you're in today is vastly different. Vastly different. And you, you have to understand, we have high inflation. We never had, had, hadn't had that in decades. Decades. Now we have to deal with it. The, the valuations you put on stocks, the how, how companies grow, you know, their profit margins, all that changes with, with high inflation. So you have to understand the changes and try to invest in it. If you're going to invest the way you've been doing it 10 years ago or why, when the only thing that worked was grow stocks and they were far outperforming everything else, that's not going to be the same. It's not going to, you, if you're still using that method, you're not going to do very well. So try to adjust to the time. So it doesn't mean you don't buy growth stocks. It means you reevaluate them. 
You don't just pay 100, 200 PE and think, oh, that's, that's great. You know, that's, you don't do that anymore. So I invite you to give me your call. We want to hear from you. Our anytime toll free line is the same as always, 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. So let's get right to our first question. Hi, AT&T spinoff WBD, Warner Brothers Discovery. Is that an advantage to shareholders holding AT&T, or is it a disadvantage, or can you elaborate a little bit on that? This is Leo Laskatis. Thank you very much. Okay, yeah, we talked about this before, not recently, uh, but I think it was a benefit for AT&T holders because they weren't, you know, the entertainment industry, even though it sounds like it was a great fit at the time, I don't think they were running it very well or very efficiently. It interfered with the profits and dividend-paying ability of AT&T, and that's why people owned AT&T. So I'm, I'm pleased, actually, with them refocusing on what they do, and that is data, local, long distance networks. Okay? So yeah, I kind of like it. ATT pays 5.6% dividend right now. And there's no danger of it not being able to pay that. It's a $19.96 stock. And so it's come down from $30 this year down to 19 to $20. So I, I kind of like it at that point. 888 chart, 888 so what did the market do today? Well, it was a big up day, a relief rally. Don't get too excited. Okay, the Dow is up 641 points. The uh, Nasdaq was up 271 points. And the S&P was up 90 points. And it was up at, from the beginning of the day and just stayed there for all three indexes. So, so I thought that was a you know, pretty, good, pretty good day. So 888-992-4278 is our number. You can call anytime you want. I look forward to talking to you. So I'm going to talk about today, if, with, if, unless you ha- your calls drive, I'm going to talk about Goldman Sachs. Strategists had up their recession fear. <laughs> I'll tell you what, these experts are supposed to be smarter than this. Also, uh, what tech stocks should you be looking at tech stocks? And how will the street price in the recession, or has the street, Wall Street, priced in the recession? Has it already been priced in with what we, you know, what, uh, how big of a downturn we've had? And that's an interesting question. I'm still having my doubts that that, that is built in yet. Let's take a quick break. 888-99 chart is my number, 888-992-4278. Look forward to hearing from you. This is Steve Peasley. Let's give this talk. Give me a call. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you 
you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey, guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. I make them into easier to understand elements. Each question is tackled live without pre-screening, and some topics are more challenging than others. And that's a good thing because it allows every Invest Talk caller to shape the content of the podcast. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. That's my number, 888 992 4278. My focus point today is based on a story the U.S. experienced at least 30 recessions throughout history, dating back to early 1857. So, are recessions inevitable? So, that's what we're going to talk about. 888-99 Charters, our number. Let's go ahead and take another call. Hey, folks. This is Matthew calling from Kentucky. I uh, love your show. Appreciate all the advice. Uh, ticker symbol that I'm looking at is uh, Boeing BA. It's something that I've been invested in for quite some time. and It's recently taken a pretty large tumble. Just wanted to hear your advice uh, on that as far as uh, averaging down and uh, holding my position. BA is Boeing, everybody. Everybody knows who Boeing is. There's been a really resurgence in airplane travel, as we all know. Um, and the, if you've looked at booking anything, you know the costs are skyrocketing. Super high cost to take a plane anywhere. So uh, that will eventually help Boeing. I think eventually. They're supposed to make $5.65 next year, and they're going to lose $0.73 cents a share this year. Okay, so it's a $136 stock. For me, that's way overpriced. I would never buy a Boeing, especially in a, a recessionary spat that we're having uh, going forward. I, there's no reason to own Boeing at this point, so I wouldn't do it. I, and you know I have a presence against airlines, okay? Uh, I have a presence against that because of the cost of buying the planes and the, the, the fueling costs and the unions involved, and that kind of laps over into why I don't like Boeing. I just don't, it's not that I dislike it. I just don't think it's, it's ever gotten cheap enough for it to be attractive. You know, it's not something I, I would want to own. My focus point today is based on the story the U.S. has experienced at least 30 recessions. So we've had 30 recessions since 1857. So are recessions inevitable? I frankly think in a free economic system that we have, that they are. Now, the Federal Reserve tries to avoid the recessions or mitigate them or whatever. And they have said that even though they're raising rates really strongly, that they think they could avoid a recession. Not, not, that, that is so rare. Uh, of the 30 recessions, there's only been one. One, now, of course, they don't go, the Federal Reserve doesn't go all the way back to 1857, but there's only been one recession. Um, 
where they can claim or weakness in the stock market and the economy where they can claim that the Fed may proactively prevent inflation. And that was in 1994. But I think they were already way too late raising rates again in this current session. I mean, they kept saying a year ago that inflation was a passing thing, right? They were saying it's going to be a short term. It's it's not going to be here for and then and then they waited till what came in six, seven, eight percent. Oh, maybe we should do something about that. And then they raised rates last time before this last one, uh, fifty basis points. And then they go, oh, maybe that's not enough because inflation is still rising. So they did seventy five. See see how they're behind. It's like they're trying to catch up. They should be getting ahead of it. And this article is pointing out that the maybe once they got ahead of it in 1994. And that's it. Okay, iTunes review question. Uh, a listener call uh, had a question. Looking to add robotics automation exposure, and I like GGNX. What are your thoughts? So CG Cognex Corporation, it's a $7.4 billion company. Out of Massachusetts, manufacture modular vision systems that emulate the defects, varying assemblies, and automate production. Hmm. Eliminates defects. Uh, they make money. They made money forever. They're gonna make a dollar sixty-eight a share this year, up from a dollar fifty next year. Dollar ninety-seven. Pretty good sales growth. Uh, pretty strong sales growth. It's a forty-two dollar stock. So it's kind of expensive, and it's a growth stock. And I'd stay away from it. I, I, don't be in a rush to get into these growth stocks. Don't. Wait till they get cheap. This is not cheap. This is not cheap. If it gets down to maybe maybe the low 30s might be attractive. But frankly, I think it should, you know, it's worth, it, I wouldn't buy it until it got to 20. Just wouldn't be something I'm interested in. I don't think it should, anybody should be interested in right now. Good solid company. But we're moving into a break. My phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Hey, all big fans of the show. I just have a quick question. I'm an 18-year-old investor looking to get into the market. I have about $500 to spend and was looking where, where to start. thought I'd come to you guys. Thanks again for the show. Okay, first of all, you're going to open an account in a uh, discount brokerage firm where they charge no trading fees, none. And that could be, you know, there's a n- number of them, E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, there's a bunch of them, okay? Okay, so now you put the money in to your now investment account, and then because you're just starting, you're going to use indexes, okay? And I, I would suggest ETF, in Exchange Traded Fund Indexes, for an S&P 500 or the NASDAQ, and put a couple hundred dollars in one of those, and then wait a couple more weeks or a month, put in another couple hundred, and just keep adding in as the market gets ugly. It's uh, ugly now. 
So this is a good time to start investing, believe it or not. It's a good time. So you can dump it all in at one time today, but just got to make sure you stay with it and don't get frightened as it goes down. No one knows where the bottom is. It could be now. It couldn't. I don't think so. I think you got more, more to go on the downside, but you need to start somewhere and get involved. It will work. It will. Okay, Goldman Sachs strategists upped their recession fear or call or whatever you want to call it. What gets me is that why are they upping it? It should have been up already. Come on, we know that. What, what's the Fed doing? They're raising rates. The inflation is out of control. Of course, they're going, we, the, there's going, the odds are really, really strong we're going to have a recession. The odds are really, really strong the Fed's not going to get it right because just look at what I told you earlier. On our, that They don't have a history of getting it right. So I, I, I'm, what, what concerns me is these people are supposed to be the smartest people around Goldman Sachs. And they're just now, their strategists now saying that we up in our fear of a possible recession. Where you been? This is this is why I say, guys, do your own stuff. Don't listen to these experts. I mean, I the the thing that really got me to a point where you know experts are always wrong was the dot before the dot com implosion. When they were experts are coming out saying buy all these dot coms, they had no. These are experts. These are the market pundits, the strategists, the 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 smart people on the street. Buy.com. They're just going to go up forever. R- right. As a new paradigm, you can't evaluate things based on earnings and sales anymore. They were all over talking about that, and look what happened. That's when I decided that experts are wrong. Don't listen to them. Now, before then, I, I mind you, I still read those reports, but, man, do I take all of it with a big grain of salt, and so should you. Don't believe them. So this is Goldman Sachs saying they're upping their inflation fear. Well, and then they go on and explain why. Well, it's just stupid. Yeah, we know it's inflation. That's one of the reasons. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a reason, one of the reasons that they're – oh, and then the inflation's rising and the Fed's raising rates fast. Yeah, we didn't know that too. I mean, things that – you know. Anybody who's been doing this for five minutes would have known that. So why are they telling us this is why they raised their... You see what I'm saying? It's like you're wasting my time reading this article. Yeah. So just just kind of ticks me off a little bit. Just a little. This is Invest Talk. Justin and I have uh, said many times that we appreciate our diverse audience when we do. And in fact, we receive caller questions from around the world and across America. So let's take a question now, this time from a listener in Denmark. Hello, Talk. Yannick from Denmark here. Thanks for a great show and listen every day. I have a question about hard assets. You mentioned uh, recently that uh, we're in a period where hard assets um, perform very well, things like industrials and so on. So I wondered about banks. But money isn't really a hard asset. It's in, and still, you mentioned that for the financial sector historically does well in inflationary periods such as this. So would you say that banks are a good sector at this time? 
And secondly, I had a question about U.S. Bank Corp, ticker symbol USB versus Bank of New York Mellon. I was considering buying either one of them. like to hear your opinion. Many thanks. Bye. Yeah, banks usually do pretty decent in inflationary periods. They they generally do because they rates go up and they're able to you know still capture their profits. The problem with that is offsetting the possibility of recession, where banks don't do very well. So uh, you want to buy the banks, and it's okay to buy the banks, but you just want to make sure you buy them cheap. And taking that U.S. Bank Corp, who is a, which is a, you know, sixty-eight billion dollar company paying a four percent dividend, their the stock is forty-six dollars, and they're going to make five dollars and twenty-one cents next year. So that's a pretty low valuation. But their lowest has been a seven P, and that means the stock could go to thirty-five. So I think I think you can be patient. I think that it will go cheaper before you had to pick, before you want to pick it up. I just think it will. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I have a trivia question before the break. Every now and then, it, it, it can be constructed to look at one of the legendary publicly traded companies. I'm thinking of a company started in 1892. That's 130 years ago, by the way. General Electric. And one of its founders was inventor Thomas Edison. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. GE was one of the original 12 companies listed on the newly formed Dow Jones Industrial Average. One of 12. There's 30 now. Can you name several of the other initial companies? At the break, I'll give you the answer. But give me a call, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments 
to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is InvestTalk. Please tell your friends and family members that they can download our weekday podcast for free anytime at investtalk.com or iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And when you download and listen, please be sure to rate our podcasts. Our anytime listener line is open, and Steve and Justin are taking your calls now. 888-99-CHART. 888-99 chart. So I had a trivia question for you and talk about GE and the Dow Jones Industrial 30. Well, they didn't start at 30 stocks. They started way back in, I don't remember when. Let's see, did I have the date here? It was 1896. They only started with 12 companies. So what were some of the other companies? General Electric, you know, of course, is still around and big and had hard times in the last 10, 20 years. But General Lake is, is still around, but was removed from the Dow Jones Industrials in 2018. Did you know that? Replaced by Walgreens, Boots, and Alliance. Anyways, some of the other companies way back then. American Cotton Oil Company, now Hellman's, and then Best Foods, and now is part of Unilever. American Sugar Refining Company was Domino uh, Domino Sugar in 1900, now Domino Foods. The United States Rubber Company changed its name to Uniroyal in 61, merged with Goodrich Corporation in 86, and, and of course, that's the tire business, and now it was brought out by Michelin. So, kind of interesting. You know that Edison was in school for only three months, and they kicked him out because of hyperactivity? And he's only had, a, what, a 1,000 patents in his lifetime? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an interesting story. He he died at age 84 in 1931. 1931, died at age 84. Smart guy. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's my number. Do you have Jorge? I don't see anything being... We're going to talk to Edgar from San Diego. How you doing, Edgar? Hey, I'm fine, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. All right, great. Uh, Steve, I was looking at this company, Green Realty, and I was wondering what you think, and is this dividend at about, I think it says 6. 6.2 or whatever. Do you think they can make it, and what's a good uh, entry point? Okay, SLG is the symbol. SL Green Realty Corp. Is that what you were talking about? Yes. Okay, it's a REIT, a real estate investment trust. And to remind everybody, a REIT is a company that's in the real estate business some way, and they have to pay 90% of their earnings out in the form of a dividend to qualify for a REIT. 
And if they qualify as a REIT, they don't have to pay any income tax from a corporate level. Okay, that's why it's advantageous to be a REIT. And it's advantageous for you to want to own a REIT because they have high dividends. Okay, this is a $48 stock. Um, they're going to make $4.49 this year after making $6.76 last year. So they're going to lose 34% of their earnings per share. Then next year, they're going to up 10% to 4.94. So that makes it about a 10 PE going forward. Okay. Uh, and they own and manage and lease office properties in the New York metro area. Okay. So I would submit to you that this is not a good time to own REITs because interest rates are rising. And, of course, REITs are mortgage uh, are properties, and when they have to refinance or buy new properties, they have to pay more and more expenses because they have the loans are costing them more. So I'm not keen on REITs at this point. Okay. That doesn't, that doesn't mean you don't buy any or ever, but I would stay away from the New York metro area office building properties. I think it's going to be difficult. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, that was Edgar. Thank you. Okay, let's fit in another iTunes review question. And let's talk about ExxonMobil. And we all know who ExxonMobil is. It's not you know, you know, the largest oil company in the world. About ExxonMobil at the start of the pandemic at $43, and it's now trading at 102 Well, it dropped down to 91 the last couple of weeks. Uh, thoughts on what I should do with this stock? Is it time to take profits? Uh, personally, I don't think so. If the only reason I would take profits is if it got too heavy of an exposure in my portfolio. Now, he did more than double his money, and I have a little rule of thumb in my head that when you double your stock, it's time to take some off the table. So that kind of rule applies. But I still think, um, I still like this sector. But it wouldn't hurt to take some off the prof- off the table because you did double. But don't get out. Um, I think oil is still going to be high. Huh? Uh, you know, people, my, I have, I've had arguments with various people thinking it's going to go much, an oil, a barrel of oil is going to go much higher than, what it's been, and I said that I thought it would top up out of 120, and it got up to 124, so I was a little off. Uh, now it's back, what, to 110 or so, 111. Um, many experts are calling for $150 per barrel, and I've seen it as high as 200. I, I'm, I don't believe it's going to go that high. Could it? Yes, it could. You know, uh, I'm just trying to be... Um, reasonable high price. It's already very high price, right? We know that. But the demand for oil is still pretty high, but we're moving toward a recession, not just here in the United States, throughout the world. And that does not mean a lot of pressure on oil prices. Problem is, right now there is. You know, uh, we took here in the United States, we took a a position of, you know, anti-oil, I mean, you, if you have everything, oil was evil, right? And of course, the the oil companies cut their capital expenditures several, you know, a couple of years ago because you know they're thinking, you know, they all they have is headwinds, and you still have oil is evil, you know, politicians. So they 
cut back their Catholic expenditures, meaning they weren't drilling as much as they were. They don't want to be the evil persons. I mean, they want to make profits. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, they want to make profits. But but when you have all the politicians, you know, after you and everything's clean energy, I like clean energy too. Don't think I don't. I do. But when you're anti-oil because you want clean energy and you, you make it difficult, no, that their prices go up, especially as demand increases as we're coming out of COVID. It would seem kind of logical that it would. And so then you add into the Russian thing, and there you go. We got shortages. So I like I like big oil because I think that they're going to make profits for some time. I, demand for worldwide demand for oil is going to only go up for the next 10, 20 years, not down. No matter how green we get, still going to go up because there's a lot of third world countries that would be needing it, that would like to get off their feet and get on their motorcycles or pope mopeds and use some gasoline. Not going to be all electric, you know. Not it, It's going to become more and more electric. I grant you that. And I think it's a great thing. But, you know, it's a transition and it's not being managed very well. Okay, that's what I think. So 888-99-CHARTERS is our number, everybody. Get love to talk to you. Give me a call. We're always, let's go back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen, Justin. My name's Chris from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I was calling about big lots. Uh, I know it's a popular name on your show or here lately. But uh, I'm looking to buying it as it keeps going down and down the that has a nice dividend. I believe it should recover some and be able to recoup with that. I was looking at institutional ownership, and it's showing over 100% institutional ownership. How can that be? Maybe it's just the data I have, or if that is something, is that a good thing? Is that something I'm looking for in a company, or should I just ignore that altogether? Look forward to hearing your answer. Thank you, guys. Never good in a company to have too much institutional ownership. Uh, I'm showing 69% in my in my software, but how can you have over 100%? You can uh, using short you know short interest. There, it's kind of unusual, um, uh, but it's possible. You always want some institutional interest in the company because they're the ones that drive prices up or down. And if you have too much institutional interest, like 100% then there's no room for more institutional interest to come in and drive up the price. Now, this is big lots. B-I-G is the symbol. They're going to come way down in their earnings. They're going to earn $5.33 this year, but they're positioned, they're estimating to lose $2.48 a share next year and then rebound the year after, making $2 a share into a $21 stock. So, it might look inexpensive because if you're looking at last year, this year's earnings of five dollars and thirty-three cents, and it's a twenty-one dollar stock, you say, "Man, that's a that's a four PE." Oh, I, yeah, no, don't look at it that way. Please don't look at it that way. They pay a five point seven percent dividend. Uh, I'm sure they're going to maintain some kind of dividend. I don't know how much it would be. I'd have to look at their history of payments and see if they've ever cut their dividend or what. Good return on equity, very good cash flow. Sales fell 15% in the most recent quarter. So I, I'd stay away. 
Remember, I've been telling you that I think summer's going to be difficult, so there's no big rush to get your money to work. There really isn't. Okay? Okay. Um, You know, every once in a while, we like to talk about, you know, KPP Financial. It's summertime. We are officially in summer as of today. Um, So what are you going to do over the summer with your money? Do you... Should you make some changes of your investments? Well, KPP is willing, willing, wanting, and able to help if you want our help. We would love to give you, give you the benefit of our knowledge, and we'll help you any way we can. The market's going to be volatile over this summer. It's still going to be volatile. It's going to be tough, okay? And we've mentioned that before. But I do think it's worth the, the time to take a minute or two to tell you about Justin Klein and myself and KPP Financial and what we can do for you. We'll be happy to take a look at your portfolio, take a look and see how much risk you're taking, how much risk you're comfortable with. We're in Southern California. Um, we will promise, we promise and uh, that we'll give you unbiased guidance. Uh, we also practice parallel investing where we buy and sell the same things for ourselves as we do for our clients. Same price, same time. If you want us to take a look or talk to you about your finances, be happy to do it. You don't have to become a client. You just call our offices in Irvine, California, or send me an email. Go to investdoc.com. Just send me a message, me or Justin. Be happy to discuss it. And we really are different. We're different than other people. We are. Because not too many people, not too many money managers or investment advisors out there buy the exact same thing for themselves as they do for their clients. They just don't do it. Okay, let's go to Tom in Kentucky. Hi, Tom. Hey, I was wanting to see about Snyder Electric, the symbols. S is in Sam, B is in boy, G is in George, S is in Sam, and Y is in Yankee. And one of the things I have a hard time seeing is if some of these companies have a lot of debt. I know it's at a 24-week low. Okay, let's look at that company. Um so it's S B G S Y. Uh, that's not coming up on yeah. my. That's not coming up on my software. Uh, pardon me. Yeah, it's a Snyder Electric. Oh, it's, it's like over the counter. So it's, it, 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 so it's on the pink sheets. That means it's a very small company, uh, very high risk. And we don't, the data, we don't follow those pink-sheeted companies. We don't have the data for all of them. There's so many of them. We, do, we have enough trouble keeping the data straight with the companies that are, uh, are play, traded on the exchanges. Uh, um, uh, it would be very difficult for you, because they don't do full reporting, um, to find out how much debt they actually really have. Those, those, those items on the pink sheet are, can be manipulated pretty easily. So I would suggest that you just stay away from the pink-sheeted items. It's just too difficult. Now, there's some big companies, huge companies that do trade on the pink sheets, and they are, you know, they do have a lot more open and visible. But most of those smaller companies are not, so I would stay away from them. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Tom. Okay, iTunes question. Wants wants to talk about Disney. Okay, now... Disney, Walt Disney Company, you know, they're huge, $189, $169 billion size. They're going to make $3.99 this year, then $5.58 next year. They have $93 stock. Sales are in the 
plus percent range every quarter growth. Return on equity is only 6%, which is not very good, by the way. By the way. But they're going to make five fifty-five, and it's a $93 stock. So that's a, probably a fair price. Remember, this stock was $180 to $200 not that long ago. Now it's at $93, and I'm telling you, that's probably a fair price. Might come down further, but that's pretty fair. So if you want to be a Disney owner, it looks like this is the opportunity that you're going to get to own it. Now, I'd be, I would wait till the summer passes myself. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, Chris from Florida here. I was just wondering about Loretto Petroleum LPI. Seems like a little bit overbought, but I was just wondering on a pullback, maybe something that might be interesting. It has high debt, which is not good, obviously, in this environment, but they just started a $200 million buyback program for some shares and thinking if they like pay some, pay down some debt that like this is the kind of company that I should be looking at. Thanks for the help. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, Laredo um, Petroleum Company. Um, I, I kind of like it. It's out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Engaged in the exploration and development of oil and natural gas in the Permian Basin in, in West Texas. It's a $1.5 billion company, so they're buying $200 million worth of their stock. It's about, what, taking out about uh, 13% out uh, of the float, 13% of their shares out of the float. It's an $87 stock. They're going to make $28.75 a share this year. Next year, they're scheduled to make $43 a share. Okay, and you look at any way you look at that, boy, that seems pretty darn reasonable. Well, the stock has traded at between 1 and 27 P.E. Return on equity is very high, 52. Cash flow is very strong, $21. The negative is they have lots of debt, lots and lots of debt. Sales growth is over 100% a quarter for the last four quarters. Um, the stock has fallen, um, and it looks like it's made a pullback in the last couple of weeks from 120 down to 87 so, and it looks like around 87, 88 is strong support. So this might be the place that you want to be a buyer of, okay? Now, I also have strong support in the 50s. So, you know, you never know exactly where it's going to stop. But uh, I kind of like it. Um, but again, you know, you want to be very, very careful. Maybe step in slowly and see what happens with the stock. Might be a smart thing to do. Okay. Um, is it time to buy tech stocks? You know, I've, I think I've asked that question a couple of times. Um, have, we've had a 40 to 60% below two tech stocks, okay? Literally, different stocks have been crushed, and some have not. But you still had even big tech, you know, 35 
hit. So is it time to start looking at some of those maybe? Well, if they come in with a good valuation, in other words, you, you have to change your thinking. It's not the valuations of ten, you know, of the last big, huge growth market spurt. Valuations, for instance, if you know, if you're looking at a big blue, big tech stock, and the PE ratio going forward is 12, then you might want to consider that if it's still growing nicely. Okay, even though it's a growth stock. So it depends if you got proper valuations. Try not to overpay. Uh, I know the definition well what's overpay is difficult, but try to think in terms of normal PE ratios. Now remember the S&P 500 normal PE ratio long term is about 15. Growth stocks usually get a higher than 15 PE. Okay, how about 18 for a growth stock? But not 100. You see, that's the difference. It wasn't that long ago, 100 PE for a growth stock was, oh, okay, so still going up. Well, I think you got to switch your thinking here. That's all I'm asking. Now, change your thinking. Move more to a value set of of rules instead of growth set of rules, value set of rules. And if you get a growth stock to fit these rules to some degree, then okay, you can consider them. I don't have a problem with that. Okay? And has the Wall Street, have have they priced in a recession? You know, we don't know if we're going to a recession for sure. I think we are. But we don't know for sure. But has Wall Street priced that in? Don't get carried away with today's market thinking, okay, we, we've probably hit a bottom. I don't think so. Just keep your powder dry a little bit longer. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast downloads. You can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us at iTunes. If you get that's where you get it, that would help us. We like that exposure. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.